Welcome back to the Christian Soldier Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Spurbeck. Thank you for joining me in the second part of a bit of a mini-series we're going through and uh, really evaluating, is the Bible really enough? Is it sufficient? We looked at last week. If you, By the way, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, please go back and listen before you listen today because we're going through a mini-series dealing with common beliefs in our culture today and common things that people believe that are from psychology. Uh, and there's five main people that we're going to be looking at and their contribution to psychology and also the contribution to how people think today. Uh, and a lot of these things are in the public school system. And unfortunately, a lot of them are even in churches, how we think about things. And we think there's nothing wrong with this because it's just what we've always thought. But remember, we must put everything through the Word of God. And everything, if we go to the Word of God, He will straighten our thinking out and how we ought to view things. And today, uh, we're going to be looking at, uh, well, last week we looked at Sigmund Freud. This week, we're going to look at a man named Alfred Adler. Now, some of these people, you're going to not know a clue uh, who these people are. But when I explain a couple of things that they taught and they developed, you'll be like, oh, I understand that. Oh, I remember, I've heard all about that. And even phrases we use all the time and thought process, you figure out where they came from. Uh, so, Adler, uh, by the way, all these people live, you know, uh, Freud lived, you know, 18, late 1800s, early 1900s, Adler the same, he died in 1937. So, and all of these things were developed heavily in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, uh, then in the 70s and 80s in Christian counseling. Uh, so, there is a unholy union between psychology and the Bible in modern Christian counseling. Notice that I'm not saying biblical counseling. Biblical counseling is much different. We're using the Bible as our standard, how we ought to think. But Christian counseling, which you find in a lot of uh, mainline denominations today, is psychology and psychotherapy mixed with the Bible. And you can't do that, especially as you look at these people. So Alfred Adler, he was a humanist like Freud. Uh, Freud is actually involved in the occult and different things, but Adler was uh, a heavily influenced by Nietzsche, who was a humanist, who said God is dead. So all of the, by the way, all these people are lost that we're going to look at, and they have humanistic worldviews. That's why they've come up with these things, because God is not real. God is a figment of our imagination. Religion is a crutch and is actually the cause of a lot of, uh, they say, personality disorders and uh, and psychosis, uh, even. So we're going to get into that. But uh, that this is a building on Freud's unconscious mind. Remember, if you didn't listen to last week's, please go back and listen. This will make sense. But Adler's dominant idea that human behavior is driven by a fictional goal that resides in the unconscious mind, and this is the result of uh, our childhood and our upbringing, um, that factors such as pampering and neglect, birth order, that this had an impact on a person's personality, and they had a fictional goal that they weren't really aware of uh, that gets developed around age five or six, that a purpose for the life uh, uh, that is not fully realized, 
and uh, fully understood, but that's in the unconscious mind. Therefore, all decisions and actions of that person are related to that fictional goal, okay? And he felt that an individual could be helped to identify the fictions that were causing problems and help to develop a self-image and goal. I want to pay attention to that word self-image, and we're going to get into that here in a couple weeks. Uh, but this also led to, because of childhood traumas and different things, that people developed an inferiority complex. Now, we're familiar with that word, inferiority complex. He says all people have an inferiority complex that develops in childhood because in childhood we're under authority and we uh, have that desire, we're inferior, that we have uh, this inner desire to be superior. That's a Nietzsche's teaching, by the way, and to gain power and influence. And we have we're, that we're never good enough and that we have an inferiority complex. And so Adler striving for superior, superiority was a forerunner to two things called self-realization or self-actualization. Important, basically, uh, you see people, I'm unfulfilled in my life. I must have a greater purpose, that self-actualization. So that's going to be in another couple weeks here. So these are the building blocks. It begins with Freud, then Adler builds on it, and it builds as it goes. And so the human potential movement and the humanistic theology, psychology, what's called theology, really is a theology, but psychology, oh, great debt to Adler for developing this. So also uh, that we're goal-oriented, that we have a goal for our life that is fictionalized. We don't realize what it is. By the way, if we just, just saying that out loud, it's just how ridiculous it really sounds. It's ridiculous as it sounds. That we have an unconscious mind, that there's a goal that we have that would develop in childhood through our environment. Remember, this is a very another form of environmental psychology. Uh, and also, uh, Dr. Spock, back in the 20s and 30s, wrote a book on child psychology, who didn't have any children himself, was heavily influenced by Adler as well. So we look at this. So what does the Bible say about this? You know, we have an inferiority complex. Let's focus on that for a minute. And that I'm inferior, and that I must get to a place of superiority. I feel less worth. I I have less worth than somebody else. I'm inferior. I'm a failure. Well, if we look at then that we must have a positive self-image, and that we must have uh, realized that we're not inferior, but we are superior to to some other people, in order to have that done, to have that fixed. But in actuality, is that what we how we ought to view ourselves? That we are superior. That we're you know, I'm comfortable in my own skin. Yeah, should we be thankful for how God has made us and we be content in that? Absolutely. But not that we are superior to somebody else because that is just pure and simple pride. We look at Isaiah chapter 6. That's what we're going to look at today. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah saw the vision of the Lord in his glory, and we see in verse number 1 uh, that he saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Verse 5, then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He says, Woe is me, I am undone. He says, I am unworthy. I am a sinner. Isaiah had an inferiority complex, and we don't see God addressing his inferiority complex here, if we want to call it that. And we use that word in culture. It's kind of a cliche term. Oh, you must have an inferiority complex, right? But that comes from Adler, and that's why people act in a, 
uh, ways where they're not confident in themselves. They lack confidence. And they have an inferiority complex and they act out in that. But is that the answer to just be more comfortable with ourselves and that we have abilities, we need to be more confident in ourselves? Well, I'm pretty sure the Bible tells us not to be confident in the flesh. Here, Isaiah sees himself for who he is in the presence of God and realizes he's a sinner and he is unworthy, but we see that God brings cleansing. God is worthy. We cannot look at ourselves and say, well, I am a worthy person because I am worthy of this, I'm worthy of that. That's where the idea, well, I did enough good works, I'm worthy of heaven. This core idea, which isn't new, by the way, this isn't new to, the, to Adler, this is from the garden, that uh, you see in the Genesis that they built uh, the Tower of Babel. I am superior. I can, be, uh, I can be the head one. We see Nimrod is mentioned in Genesis. He is the first potentate, not only leader or king of a city, but also potentate has the idea of that he was the first uh, man to be worshipped as a deity. Uh, so that because superiority again outside of God, uh, man is always looked to be superior outside of the will of God, because that's how the devil is. The devil leads mankind in that and lies them that they can be superior and that they can be and that superiority and that I am better and I am stronger. I am this or that inoculate someone against the idea that they are not worthy, they are not superior to God, and we need God's gift of salvation. We need to humbly depend completely upon Him. And a psychologist think, well, you don't need to depend upon God because that's, that's just feeding your inferiority complex. No, we're to surrender and give all to God, and He will sustain us. Psychology is man's trying to fix his sin problem, and it doesn't fix it. It makes it worse and can inoculate someone against truth from the Word of God. So it's very hard people that have gotten therapy and believe these things. not impossible for them to get saved, but it is hard. You have to dismantle the uh, humanistic framework that is built here. So we have to understand, we, do we have to feel like we're worthless and we're scum and, and we, you know, we can't do anything for God? No, because that's just pride, to be honest with you. That's fear and pride, and we're not, God's not the author of that. But when we, but we, when we come to Christ, and we just as I say, I am undone. When we come to Christ, we are undone because of our sin. We realize our unworthiness. We realize our sin problem. We realize our need of a Savior, and we come and repent of our sin. And Christ forgives it. Just as the forgiveness came, the angel came and touched the coal to his lips here in verse uh, number six. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand which he had taken with the tongs off the altar, and laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Forgiveness. And that because of the forgiveness of Christ, we are worthy to enter into heaven, not by our own righteousnesses, but because of the blood of Christ. So, in the sense of, should we wallow in uh, our sin, and how terrible our sin is? No, we got, Christ has given us this freedom. The freedom is not in overcome realizing that we are superior and that we can be greater than our inferiority complex the answer is coming to christ and the gospel and the freedom that is in christ that is the answer this is just simply man's poor substitute for the truth of god remember these people are humanists they don't believe in god they believe god is dead they believe religion is the cause of most psychological problems and so why in the world and this if you think know this then why in the world would the christian counseling movement go to psychology to answer questions i don't know uh, it's really, it's, uh, it's a very puzzling question, 
and really to what it boils down to the bible isn't enough that's a that's a basic answer and even though they might not say that openly the bible is not sufficient to fix the problems that people have and to heal people's wounds it is not sufficient so i want to encourage you with that trust the bible trust the truth of god's word and not only in isaiah 6 here but so many other places that show us our unworthiness of god but yet god loves us even though we are unworthy we can never be worthy of his love he loves us even though we are unworthy. And that is the amazing thing. When we cut to this place, yes, we are inferior to God. That's okay. I'm glad he is superior. I'm glad he is perfect. I'm glad he's not like me. And we should not be gaining a goal of superior position in life. We should be attaining to what God's will is for our life. So all of these are a replacement for what God desires in our lives. So I hope this has been instructive for you and helpful to you. Make sure you share it uh, with your family and friends. We have a couple new topics that are coming up. Had some suggestions come in. Looking forward to those. And uh, we're going to be heading into those after we get done uh, in the next three or four weeks or so. So this is supposed to be five weeks. This is week number two. It might go to six uh, on a couple of these things. But uh, interesting things and things. When you hear these things, you don't know these people's names necessarily, but you know what they taught because instantaneous, inferiority complex, everybody knows what that is. And because that's been part of modern psychology and the culture of our nation for decades so and that became popular in the 60s and 70s so now we have this idea these ideas we know what these things are because they are taught to us in very uh careful and sometimes even sneaky ways and they affect how we think so we make sure that we keep our thinking in line with the word of god well thank you for tuning in today and i will see you next time